cool, awesome. Totally just made me a little tired. All right, so let's get started. Um, hey everyone, it's Tori O'Neill, founder of The Mighty Dames, and we're back for another Roll Call interview series. And today I am joined with Jess. Hi Jess. Oh, hello. Do you prefer Jess or Jessica? Um, if I'm in trouble, Jessica is fine. <laughs> but usually Jess is just how we go. Just never call me uh, Jesse. Just never call me. Yeah, Jessie. no, I wouldn't. I'm do not that. a Jesse. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Okay. All right. Okay. So, um, we met. Well, we met like I think we met online through the Mighty Dames a, a little yes. bit ago, but we had our first like in person meeting at the role model camp um, in August. Yeah, I like stalked you in the thing. I was like, I I know that's Tori. And I'm like, like sit next to her. I'm like, like sitting in the back row, like yeah, I know her. She unless the girls like. We'll find a way to break the ice. Eventually, we broke yeah. the ice, clearly. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So let's give everyone like your BJJ stats, like um, where you train, how long you've been training, your belt, and like, um, what got you into jiu-jitsu. Okay. So uh, my home gym is Red Chief for MMA in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I own Fit Power LLC, which is an affiliate gym to Red Chiefer MMA. So red is our black belt. I've been training for, oh God, 2000. Ele- 2011 or 12 wait math eight nine 2012 maybe okay. you know what over eight years okay. i'll just say that i can't quite remember but it was in the fall mm-hmm. and i just remember um my friend saying hey i think you'd really like this and i was teaching boot camps at my first gym and he dragged me onto the mats he's like i really think you're gonna like this and then lo and behold fell in love with it and been rolling ever since. So I am a brown belt. Um, I was supposed to test in March, but then everything shut down the the weekend that we were planned to test. And so I just tested in December. Uh, I made sure that our other belts were able to get in and test in small groups first. And then um, mine came at the end, which was good. It was great because more people, like we understood what was going on more Mm -hmm. so in the world and it felt safer and it felt better and some really important friends and people in my life were there so it made it mm-hmm. a little bit more special I guess mm-hmm. you could say so yeah it was good isn't like there's something about like getting promoted even though like the higher up you get you realize that like the belt isn't you know it isn't the end all be all it doesn't really right affirm anything besides a rank but there's something about when they put that cloth around you're like oh my god I did it you're just like I did a thing yeah <laughs> you did it you did a thing yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was completely okay being a purple belt for four plus years. I think I was <laughs> approaching like the four plus year mark or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, this is fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing, I'm going, not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. keep it around. Yeah. Yeah. Like we do, we do like the, we do like the testing at our gym and um, it's basically, that's the only way you can get promoted is you go through the testing or um, I set the precedent. Or if you win a certain, um, if, if you compete, if you are a competitor and you win like a higher level tournament, but you have to have like a certain amount of competitors. Like you can't go in there with like one person, win world and get promoted. But if it's semi-competitive thing yeah. and you do, and you place in it and like, if it's very competitive and you just platform, you can get promoted that way. Okay. So that's how I did for my purple. And then, um, but I didn't know it. So I, I did the American nationals last year and I did, I, um, I won like two of the division, two out of three of them. Yeah. But then like the next month we did, we had like the Orlando open yeah. and I won that and he podium promoted me. And like, the only thing I can remember is like calling my coach an asshole. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Which well, is not, again, not a great response. Cause I was like yeah. crying. You know, like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna take a picture. So my teammate was like holding the picture. And I'm listening to my two, you know, two gold medals like, hey, yeah. hey. He comes up there like, you asshole. <laughs> and like, I told, like how you said you had your family there and like important people yeah. around you. Yeah. I literally told him, I was like, y'all don't have to come to this. It's like a normal, it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's an Orlando open. It's fine. You don't, don't, Did you have stuff to yeah, my mom, my mom is like, okay, my mom is a Kentucky, like, basketball player. Okay. Played her whole life, played through college. So she has been waiting for one of her children to, like, be in an athletic event and really excel. She knows nothing about jujitsu, but every time there's one, like, locally, she is there, she is cheering, she's Aww. ready for it. So it's like, so it's like, this is the first one she misses, and oh. we're getting promoted. So <laughs> she was pissed. Yeah. But that I was a good day though, right? Yeah, that was awesome. There's a, um, they actually got a picture of me. Um, some of our friends were the photographers for the event. And I'm literally just like, she got a picture of me like watching everyone else compete. I'm just like, with my blue belt over here, my, my new purple belt on. And I was a little tubby at the time. So my, the belt my coach got me wasn't like a full fit. So it was just like, <laughs> like, like this is the belt. It just, it just tied like this. It, it, yeah. it, it made it past the, bl- the black bar, but barely. Um, but I'm like smiling like this in the distance. Like, yeah, but yeah like, was, don't even was, care. Yeah. It was pretty cool. All right. So um, do, 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 do. let's go ahead and jump into it. So. One of the reasons I, I really wanted to talk to you is you at your gym, you have things, it's a little bit different than some of our other guests who have been coaches who have come on here. Um, one of the things about fit power that's different than some of the other gyms is you guys are also a barbell gym. So oh, yeah. how did that come about? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, how did that come about? And like, how does that work with having like a barbell gym and a jujitsu gym within kind of the same home? So that, oh that's a very interesting kind of hybrid. And I'm kind of happy that you asked about that because I don't get to talk about it as much as other mm-hmm. things. Um, I, we're, we're a barbell gym first. Uh, okay. The martial art part came afterwards. So my, uh, my master's degree is in exercise phys. And technically I'm, I'm trained, I guess you could say, or educated to uh, be a clinical exercise physiologist, meaning like I can work in cardiac rehab units in hospitals and stuff like okay. that. Um, two things wrong with that is I, I don't like being told what to do by other people very often, unless I hire you specifically to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, I wanted to work behind the scenes. I don't like being front and center so much. I like, uh, creating like the background success for people, for other people to kind of like amplify themselves full forward. And so barbell was a big part of that. Being a coach was a big part of that. Uh, just being strong. Cause if you're strong, like it translates to any sport, G- general strength uh, can be applied to any sport, which is, un- and so usually when people think of, Oh, I'm going to do barbell work. They think of powerlifting or weightlifting. Mm-hmm. What you have to think of is those two things are sports. Uh, yeah. Powerlifting is a sport in itself and weightlifting. So there's a very specific skill set that comes with it. And there are very specific things you do to train for those to become stronger and more efficient in those movement planes. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we're talking about general strength, it can be applied to anything out there. So yeah, barbell was first. Um, We do have a powerlifting team here. You know, we're not, we're not like huge, like national level, whatever we Mm -hmm. are. Hey, has, does this interest you? And do you want to become good at it for you? Is this, you know, it's usually very personal then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm here for you. And let's, let's get you on the platform. Um, Martial arts came second, 
Um, I remember, and I feel so bad now, but as kids, you know, I, I would, uh, I had a neighbor and I made fun of him for doing karate, karate and stuff like that. Cause, okay. Well, in all honesty, we all made fun of kid, people I for know. doing karate and Taekwondo. No. I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was really into it. And then I was just like, I'll never be into martial arts. I like organized sports. I like, I am this. And it's like, you know, being a cocky asshole of a kid <laughs> into your teenage years and then into your twenties. Um, and then, <laughs> so, um, when I got into jujitsu, what I noticed, uh, more than anything, and it's changing now, which is really, really cool. It's changing, mm-hmm. but more than anything, people are like, no, you just do the art and you'll be good at the art. And you'll be, you'll, you'll be strong in your sport. And it's just like, yeah, but I have the same skill set as person B over here, but mm-hmm. because I lift, I smash them. Mm-hmm. Like we're the same weight or same weight class, same everything, but because I'm stronger, I'm going to win, mm-hmm. you know? So like, yeah, tech beat, technique um, can beat strength if strength has no technique. Mm-hmm. So it was, oh, it was so difficult. Like in the first like few years, just telling people like, no, you should lift for your sport. And as a coach, I've evolved. So like it's, how I bring it up to people now is different and how I approach people about strength and their sport is different. And now we're getting a lot more people involved with it. And it actually, it is super helpful to have a barbell gym in the same space as our martial arts space, because our barbell members see our jujitsu people, mm-hmm. and our jujitsu people see our barbell people. And it's just kind of like, that's really interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. about X, Y, and Z on that side. And then you become more than just a one dimensional athlete. Yeah. And that to me is really important. I did have a coach tell me once, um, they were like, you, they're like, you know, everything you do revolves around, revolves around jujitsu. Is there anything else about you? And I was like, yeah. Then they were kind of like, well, where is it? What is it? And I was like, okay. And then I started to look at my, at my athletes and at my people. And I was just like, okay, I'm being, I am seeing this very one dimensional obsession with this one thing. So how mm-hmm. do we, how do we break that up? How do we make the experience of movement, um, how, do, how do we spread it out knowing that mm-hmm. you can do lifting and you can do jujitsu and you can do, you, you can do all these things, but they all apply to the fact that you get to move your body in a stronger way. Mm-hmm. So that's the merging, I guess. Yeah. How do we remember what the original qu- question was? It this is why I have a script, Tori. This is why I have a script. <laughs> you, you, you basically covered it. Okay. But, um, <laughs> I'm, it it's cool because like, I think especially now with like the the emergence of MMA growing even more popular, it's not rare to see like dual sport gyms in like the jujitsu sense. Like for instance, um, our gym is a jujitsu gym and a Muay Thai gym. So we have both aspects. We, uh, there's a couple down here that are like boxing and MMA. I mean, boxing and jujitsu or some do MMA and jujitsu and you know, they have equal parts with, like you said, sometimes they're very separate. They're two different entities. But you, you get that crossover a lot. But I haven't heard of one that was like barbell in jujitsu. That's one I hadn't heard. So when you were telling them about that, like, hmm, that's pretty. That's quite interesting. Kind of se- yeah. Yeah. Well, you see like, and <laughs> even that you see like, um, you see some gyms that have like a quote unquote like fitness area Yeah. Like in their gym. Like we're redoing our gym and it's kind of going to be like that where we're going to have now, you know, weights and, you know, I don't know what they're doing over there. <laughs> We're adding more stuff in there so you can do your work on actual like um, that type of that 
form of fitness and not just jujitsu. You have other ways you can supplement it, but it's, it's, it's cool that yours is not just for like, Oh, when you come in, if you want to, if you want to go do some bench press, like, no, no, no. Like we have a whole program, like a whole area of our gym for this and you're treating it as a sport versus as a, a supplement. And yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like I mean, that. We, we do have some people who, um, you know, they do strength train mm-hmm. for jujitsu specifically, but, but because of that, I get to introduce other things to them, like, uh, mm-hmm. like, like Atlas stones and kick carries and like just fun stuff that they normally wouldn't think of. You know, a lot of people think, well, if I'm going to lift, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to do some bench press. I'm going to do some squats. And we all see the memes where like your bench press isn't going to get you out of a bad situation in jujitsu. I'm like, actually, I actually, it does. Me, and it has gotten yeah. me out of some bad situations. Um, <laughs> I got a pretty sweet shrimp here and a yeah. pretty good frame. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. It, int- it introduces people to different ways to look at their strength and how to apply it on the mats and how their strengths on the mats can be applied um, in the weight, weight room as well. Yeah, that's really cool. And then on top of that, so you guys, like we talked about, you do have people who do like jujitsu for their MMA, I'm not jujitsu for their MMA, that do, um, <laughs> they do like um, lifting for their jujitsu, but like you guys do programming too, like at the gym and online. Oh yeah. Um, Right now, our, I mean, our jujitsu programming, like, so if you're, if you're in the gym, like if you're actually physically here with me, like I just told people, like I, I've stopped actually taking uh, in-person people because like I'm, I'm too full on that side and mm-hmm. then I can't focus on the virtual side. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a class specifically called power conditioning and it's based off of, you know, building, building power, building capacity. So it's not just one thing to be powerful. If I can only be explosive once mm-hmm. on the mats, I'm not going to do too good, too well, if my opponent can be explosive twice, yeah. you know, so one of those things. So it's not only being explosive, but how, how many times can you be explosive over and over again with the same, or at least close to the same power output that you did on the very first explosive movement. Gotcha. That's just a small example. Um, uh, Another aspect of it is, yeah, so then there's the virtual side of things, which is what has taken off. We have maximizing strength phases one through four. We have a four-week building camp, a six-week camp, and then we have a bridge program. And a bridge is just, it's that, it's that usually three to four-week span of time where you just competed and you're, you're getting back into the weight room. So many people think, oh, I just competed. I'm fresh. I'm fine. I can go back in. Mm-hmm. The, the difference with jujitsu and lifting Jiu-jitsu has a lot of gray areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell your partner to flow. Yeah. You can tell, you, you can go lighter, you can go easier. If you can't get out of a situation one way, there's probably three other doors that you haven't tried yet mm-hmm. that you can get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, with barbell, you're going to lift the weight or you're not. Uh, yeah. you're, the, the bar could give two shits. If, it's pass fail. If, yeah, if it's like, it's like if you're doing a squat and you can't get out of a squat of, if, like if you can't get out of the hole of a, maybe 80% of your one rep max, after a tournament that, you know, that means that you're pretty fatigued mm-hmm. and your central n- nervous system is probably more shot than you think it is. So even if you don't feel sore, soreness is not an indicator of fatigue. Mm-hmm. So usually what you just feel is just kind of heavy and kind of tired. And like, mm-hmm. you may be moving a little bit slower in jujitsu, but you don't really notice because you're just flow. You're just trying to flow or you're, or you're just doing a drill or just, or just this or just that. But then you, you get in the weight room and you try to pick up right where you left off. You're going to fail yeah. Um, or you might get injured or maybe you'll make it through the first w- workout or two, but then your nervous system is so shot that you have to take three weeks off because you're so tired. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just, you, you have to, you, you just have to do some bar work because you're so tired. So that bridge is what 
introduces you to different movement planes and patterns. So you, it's kind of like a fun time. Mm -hmm. And the weight is dropped significantly so that your the fatigue can wear off. You still get to work on skills, but you're move, but then you're set to go for your next phase. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like I'm just listening to you. It's like, okay, well, clearly I'm gonna have to set up a time. I'm gonna have like a little vacation where I'm gonna come up there. I'm gonna go into your barbell gym. <laughs> yes. And you're gonna teach me all this stuff. I, I squat. So I can't. I can't squat for shit. Um, it's okay. Let, let me, let me, let me change that idea. Um, <laughs> let me, let me explain my issue with squats. It's like, I have very large, like my weight mostly slender is like in my hips and thighs area. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm really, and I'm tall and I'm six one and I have like the most narrow of feet. So like, I am very clumsy. I get off balance very much. And so whenever I like try to squat between all of that, I'm just like, oh, this is the worst. I hate this so much. And like, I've had trainers try to teach me before. They're like, why are you moving like that? I was like, I don't know. I thought that's how it's supposed uh, to. No, that's not. <laughs> this isn't right. But I'm the same way with jujitsu. There's certain things that like, like for instance, it took me, I, I, I cannot tell you guys how I'm not joking with this. It took me like two years to do a forward roll properly okay. because my brain would not compute that movement. And I mean, I could do, I could do uh, every other thing. And I still, every now and then, I'll go do a forward roll and just, just fuck it up completely. And again, yeah. I've been doing this for six years now. So that there's certain things that my, my brain will not connect with my body. And like squatting is one of them. Well, you know, the, the great thing about a squat is it's a skill set and mm -hmm. nothing more. And mm -hmm. the more that you master the skill, uh, that's one form of adaptation is you have mastered the skill you have created stability in a greater range of mo motion which is where mm -hmm. most people are like oh i can't hit depth that i fall over it's just like you just don't have the stability there yet mm -hmm. um, oh, no, i'm, I'm not stable at all no no no, no. I, I i will definitely say i lack stability <laughs> i lack stability on my own weight let alone we try to add yeah. something else so yes yeah. i agree all, all i'll say is like yeah you're you are you are not the first and you are not the last who like mm -hmm. squats. They're just like, no, this is my enemy. If I were a superhero, <laughs> this would be my arch nemesis yeah. and this is how it is. But then once you figure out how to do a squat and you figure out how actually powerful those hips can actually be, mm -hmm. you're just like, oh crap, I want to, I mean, I still hate squats. I, I, I don't like, a, I don't like an implement on my back. I don't like back takes. I don't like mm -hmm. when people take my back, mm -hmm. <laughs> just get off me. Um, but think, yeah, that too, that whole, that's not, I'm not a fan. Yeah, if I can't either. see it, I don't like mm -hmm, it because things mm -hmm. don't register in my brain if I can't see them or I lose confidence if I don't see them. Yeah. Which is some of the best power lifters, they just have this, this confidence and they just, they don't even care and they just go, it's amazing to watch. But um, no, your squat could, I'm not going to say be easily fixed, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a skill set. Yeah. Well, let's is. be honest. It's probably like, it's part that and part of the other part. like, mm, well, and that's the thing, if you're not into squatting and like, so there's a ton of different ways to create a squat motion. And if having a barbell on your back, like if you're not going to compete in anything like that, there are other ways to create um, that's adaptation. Yeah. You don't, you're not stuck with Yay, it. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to what we were talking about before. <laughs> so um, one of the things we, I, I noticed is um, when you gave your um, workshop at the role model camp is um, we're seeing a lot of people in, um, I think that the Mighty Dames, we kind of do it too. We see more people buying in to the body positivity movement, but you made a point to say that you and your gym are body neutral. So for people who don't know, what is the difference between those terms and what led you to lead more to body neutrality versus positivity? 
this is always tough because a lot of words get hijacked. Yeah. Um, body positivity to me is something that I, uh, is something one with the original intention. I didn't want to hijack it as a white person in, in that space because um, it was orig originated by black bodies, especially uh, specifically black female bodies mm -hmm. um, that, you know, just trying to bring and. I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but just like trying to bring awareness that my black body is perfect and it's beautiful the way mm -hmm. it is, despite what years um, of our society has been trying to t tell us. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, I'm sure that like I could use body positivity in some form of a way, but body neutral uh, to me just meant we're not focused on how your body looks or we're not trying to bring attention to your body the way society would expect us to bring attention to it. We are just, we just want to see how it moves and we want, mm -hmm. it to, we want it to perform well. So body neutrality takes the focus off of the aesthetic of what mm -hmm. a body should look like, what fitness should look like, what health should look like. And we're saying, well, this is how we're going to help you move. And that's gotcha. it. And it okay. takes away body neutrality, you know, takes away uh, gender, it takes away, um, uh, takes away body ability. So we have a lot of, well, we have a few ad adaptive athletes now. Mm -hmm. So it just, it, it encompasses so much more than just, am I presenting what society views as healthy or fit? Gotcha. So like, so like to, to sum that up, it's like the, like you said, the aesthetic appeal of like how we present our bodies versus, into, versus like, how is my body functioning for me? Yep. Yeah. And that's how I view it. I'm, you know, I, I'm sure, and if I, if I took the term out of context, I did, definitely did not mean to, but body neutrality, I was so, you know, growing up, there was so much focus on my body mm -hmm. and there was so much focus from adults on my body. Which teachers, is weird. From, from peers, it, it, uh, yeah, parents, grandparents, just like mm -hmm. everybody just like, should you be doing this? Cause you might end up looking like this. I'm like, mm -hmm. are you taking into account that you have me enrolled in swimming and softball? <laughs> like I'm a, like you're at the age of 12, I'm doing two sports and I'm hungry. Yeah. Like there was so much focus on making sure that my body stayed small as opposed to my body performed. Yeah. But yeah. it was just like, stop looking at my body. I was, yeah. I would just get so upset and I still get upset. Like, I don't like it. Like if you look at me and I feel that you're trying to judge what I can do and how I perform and what kind of an athlete I am because of the body that I'm in, it like, it enrages me and mm -hmm. it pisses me off to a point where it's even like, it's very hard to explain unless you've been put in that position, not just once, like it's uncomfortable if you're putting it once, mm -hmm. but over and over and over again to almost where you're defensive over it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like, again, like you said, they, they, people have the tendency to like, presume they know your ability based on your appearance mm -hmm. and like not only does like piss you off but it's also very disheartening because like like you like me like a lot of the other women who are gonna be watching this and some of the men like we work hard at our certain ability we like we, we take time to develop as athletes to develop as you know even if we take this out of the the um the athletic world like I worked really hard to develop my brain in the scholastic sense I studied hard mm -hmm. I did all these things but still people will judge physical appearance and assume that I am this smart or assume like in jujitsu that you are only going to be so good because either, you know, you're a woman, either you're super small or you're super big. They're going to assume the game that you play. And then when you 
counteract that or, or you like beat their expectations, the conversation then switches to a, well, of course you did well because of this. So it's like, well, which one is it? Am I going to fail at my performance because I look like this? Or am I going, or my whole reason for success is purely for my body because we couldn't possibly both put the same amount of effort into this activity. And, you know, my physical attributes may, like you mentioned before, may have simply assisted me, but it doesn't mean that we didn't both equally train hard. Correct. And like a a super small example and not one that I only get a little bit hung up on it when I go to big, big events where there's, Mm -hmm. and I've only had it where there's a lot of women in a room um, Mm -hmm. where the amount of eye contact that gets avoided during open mats from anyone, even even a little bit smaller than myself with the assumption that that's a big girl, Mm -hmm. she's not going to move. I'm going to get smashed. This is going to happen. It's just like, okay, yeah, I am a, I am a bigger, I'm a lot larger bodied person and I'm coming into role. And because we're not competing, um, no, like if we're going to go compete and you're somebody smaller and I know you're going to move quicker. Yeah. I'm going to smash the crap out of you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause hold still. I got stuff to do. This is my game. But if we're out there in an open mat or if we're out there, you know, drilling or just rolling, like, like I'm going to move quicker and I'm going to let you do things that I mm-hmm. need to see more often. Like, yeah. so it's almost, it's almost the assumption that like, sometimes I feel like a big dumb caveman coming into, into an open mat space mm-hmm. because of how many people are just like, like, don't, don't look at crawl. Don't look at them. They're, they're just going to crawl smash. You know, like yeah. I, sometimes yeah. I feel like that when I enter into a space like that, I'm just like, I'm like, you're quick, but I'm pretty fucking quick too. And I'm also big, mm-hmm. so I'm like a I'm like a little freight train. So it's just yeah. it's just those small things where once again you looked at me and you assumed that I was going to roll and compete in a very specific way. Yeah, well, it's 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 funny because I get that, and I also get the complete opposite. Be it's almost like the that mentality of like you know the schoolyard when you're new kids, like go find the biggest person, try to knock them out to like establish yourself. Oh, I've seen those two. <laughs> <laughs> I get people who like they see me again, like this six one. 280 plus girl and they're like I can take her I'm gonna do it and they like and I, I spoke about this previously about like a, a girls and keys event I went to where this like I don't know what age orange belt is but like a orange and is that like like 14 yeah yeah okay then that 14? will make sense okay. like an orange belt came up to me like looked me up and down like I was small and I'm gonna say the girl's you know she's probably like five six or something like that she's not like a she's not like five like small small when I tell you she gave me the work, she was like, attack, attack, attack. She, <laughs> she, and, and, and like, I, I don't really put that much. Um, I don't really like try to put kids in their place. Cause like, I, I know what it's like to be like a young kid wanting to prove yes. yourself. So like every now and then I'll definitely just like hold them in one spot a little long. It's like, okay, girl, calm down a little bit. But, um, <laughs> but I'll have people, but then on the other side, like I've had, I've had grown men kind of do that as well. Yeah. Like they're trying to like assert their dominance against a big, like, because I'm bigger than them, but they're men. So they want to like, let me know. And then like, I get on top of like, who knows now? But um, that's something else I, I, I would see that doesn't get, um, that kind of the only comparison I would say that I've seen with that is like when you get like a blue belt or like a newish blue belt when they're like going Ooh. against a high level person for the first time like a brown belt or something they're trying to do everything they might be moving really hard and all that and you're like bro calm down you know how they like I like I feel like being a bigger person whether I want it or not sometimes I like assume a certain amount of 
additional responsibility over my partners and that because I have a larger body and because I know like all things equal, if we both go all out, like I will seriously hurt you in this moment. So there's a little bit of edging back on there, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not about to let you go hundred percent and I'm going to go 5% or I'm going to go 50% because that's also how I get hurt because you you assume that because I'm bigger, I'm like, indestructible and like no I'm a bag of water I will cry very easily and make you feel bad so it's like (laughs) oh yeah I cry like drop of the hat I I have no issues big bag of water big cry baby (laughs) I think it should also be just like just put it out there because I know there's you know there's a role model camp coming up you know if if Mm -hmm. any if anyone's listening to this um and this also comes with being you know a higher ranking belt like if you are significantly smaller than I am even if I don't look as big as you think I am. Like I'm, I'm sitting at a solid 220 and I also, mm-hmm. I lift a lot. And mm-hmm. I, my intentions with anyone who's, uh, who's significantly smaller than I am, like my first and foremost job is to protect myself and to protect you. Like, mm-hmm. people, like I, you don't want to break your toys. Nobody ever wants yeah. to break your toys. So like, there's nothing to, to prove mm-hmm. out there um, on the mask for me, except that we both have a very good five minute, three minute, whatever it is yeah. time on the mats. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, just, yeah, yeah, there's the, wow, we're just kind of bringing up like all these like little roles and responsibilities that maybe we put yeah. on ourselves because we're just not sure yeah. how somebody else feels about it. I remember at Masters Worlds back in 2016, uh, my first opponent was four foot nine and like maybe a buck 15 in the absolutes. And I get it. Like I told her coach was just like, just runs her circles around her. Mm-hmm. And I think he meant more like, you know, just be quick. No, yeah, she yeah, literally yeah. ran circles. <laughs> I was looked at the ref like I don't know what to do. What do I do? Um, and oh then my God. Got, yeah, he's like, you have to make contact, and she's like, okay. <laughs> Listen, open weight is freaking hilarious. Um, yeah. Especially like we're both super heavy, right? Oh yeah. Um, what's What's funny is what I see. What happens is it's rare for me to like. I feel like. In all the times I've done open, I never get paired right away with like the featherweight or the star like that. You get the heavier half first. Yeah. And I guess their idea is like you'll like slowly inch out. But sometimes what happens is like the smallest person keeps winning and the largest person keeps winning. So you get this point where I have, oh, I'll, I'll share this picture too. I'll, I'll put it up here somewhere where um, it's me, 6'1", super heavyweight Tori, going into this other girl who's like maybe 5'2". And like the guys in, in like in the picture, he's raising my hand. So like my long ass arm is raised <laughs> up too, like this. And the girl's the other side. You just see her face like here. And so like, my trying to get in the shot. So the caption I put on there is like open weights, not a game. <laughs> <laughs> and like you see it, it's just like this this drastic thing. And I've seen even in situations like that that are like higher level competitions when it's a smaller person. Um and I, I've had coaches come up to me after it's like. I know you kind of let her down. You kind of pulled her down a little easy. I was like, well, I don't want to like just like <sighs> slam yeah. this girl to the mat like that if it doesn't take the energy. But like, w- just telling everyone now, if you're, like, if you're a middleweight or bu- above, no mercy is shown to you. Mm, I'll say lightweight or above, no mercy is shown to you. But like super <laughs> featherweights, when it's like, when we're talking about like, not like 30, 40, 50, we're talking like 100 plus pound difference. Yes. Like yes. that's, that's like, how, how do I look trying to hip top? Like, my hips literally can't get under them. Like how oh, do I feel? That. Yeah. yeah, like, how do I look trying to, like, just trip this person? And, like, they literally. Usually by then you just get a, co- co- a collar grab. And you're like, okay, we're here now. <laughs> and we're just going to 
we're just gonna go to the ground. We're <laughs> it's funny. I, I gave a I gave a private lesson with a girl who's also like a um a super heavyweight. She's like, yeah, I get I have so much issue taking down smaller people. Like I I can't get under them. I can't do this. Like, do you just shake them? Like what? Like grab collar, grab this, and just like snap that do a snap down just snap yeah. them down the match like you're allowed to do this like, oh hell yeah man just snap them to the mat just oh if you want a really good run to the side and snap them down and have them oh, yeah 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 or, and then i go against somebody like you i remember at worlds <laughs> a couple years ago uh her name is llama and mm-hmm. she's from jordan and at the time oh do you know her no no, no I, I okay i just know of the georgian people Oh, that like, no, not Georgia, Jordan. Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of like um, the country of Georgia that like oh, has no, a lot yeah. of like power lifters and people oh. from, of that kind of. Well, I mean, she was 6'1 <laughs> and um, she, she, I thought, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like I was literally like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And then she pulled the most beautiful deep half guard. Like she mm-hmm. pulled guard. I was like, we're super heavyweights. When do we pull guard? What yeah. Yeah. What's happening? Caught me completely off guard. And I was like, well, I'm here now. So I guess Rose is over in my first match. <laughs> That's something I was joking with. Cause like, I'm, I'm very much anti-guard pulling, but I was like, you know, I'm just gonna pull guard in a competition one time. Just, just throw it messes with off. them. It messes with them so much, but you can only do it once. No, you can only do it once. You can only do it once. <laughs> but like, um, I always say like I always get the matches of course like there's few people who are like my height and size but like the few times I get like you know there's sometimes you can get like taken down or like and like it is such an unexpected takedown they get you with and like it hits you so hard that you almost can't get pissed off about it and I had someone I had a girl who like you know she dropped down and tripped me over I don't know I'm terrible at the names of move but she dropped down in her um and she tripped me with her the inside of her thigh and she was, again, again, she was a solid eight inches smaller, shorter than me. But like when she hit it, I went back and looked like, ooh, that was pretty. Cause when I fall, I fall hard. So like she hit it, it was like, boom. But like, my whole thing is like, you can, I'm, I'm, I'm a scrambler at the end of the day. It's like, if I get taken down, like it doesn't count if I get back up. So she like, she threw my ass. It was like, she hit me hard. It was a solid ass thing. I jumped back up I was like, oh shit, that was, um, or they had like end up like from my knee I like fell got to my knees and got the double leg from my knees yeah but like I went back and like replayed it like damn or if you go on my Instagram I have like my very first tournament I ever did Mm -hmm. and I get like head or maybe it's like a drop Sianagi or a head I don't know but again someone significantly short of me just Tori (laughs) and you just see me trying to flail there was um there I had a, a, a I had a competitor she was like she's maybe five five probably one hundred and forty five pounds one hundred and fifty um she's a judo doka and then now she does you know jujitsu we were both purple belts and she hit the most beautiful throw on me I have I have ever seen to the point where she had me in side control like it was a zero point game because it was a it was a sub, sub only event mm-hmm. so being on my back, I wasn't too concerned, but I just looked at my coach and was like, they're like, you need to do this, you need to do this. I was just like, in my head, I was just like, yeah, but you see how good that was? Yeah. You see that? I, just how beautiful that was. So half the time, if I get thrown, I'm just like, that was pretty sweet. How'd you do that? Cause we never get to fly. No, we, we no never one ever to- throws the big girls. <laughs> they do, they, get, they do the trips or they'll um, yeah. pull guard. So like when someone actually, and not like during class or something where we're not no, when it out. catches you off guard and you yes. feel light as a feather until the wind is knocked out of you, 
that is beautiful. Yeah, like I think at the we, we just keep mentioning the camp, but I think at the camp I rolled with Rizzer. Um mm-hmm. and she got a take, I think she got a takedown on me too. I was like, okay, she got me down, all right. And it's like sometimes I have to remember myself like, Tor, we're not applauding people right now. We're <laughs> we're rolling. And I do that too, where I don't know where the where the um transition happened for me, where I used to get pissed off when I got submitted to now being like impressed. When someone hits a certain submission with me, I was like, I still get pissed off on certain submissions. I, I will say that. But like, yeah. when they hit one, I was like, mm, yeah. I did not, did not see. Actually, I get pissed off when people try to sweep me. Beca- um, only because, like, I, I'm not going to, I have like my pajama shorts on and I'm not going to like show my ass on the screen. But like, I have solid thighs. Like, I am, um, I have a, like a rock solid base. I am hard to do so like some sweeps don't bother me like when someone decides to like scissor sweep me it legitimately enrages me like what do you think was gonna happen here you just basically kicked me for nothing like there's a guy at our gym his name's alex alex who's like in his 40s and he always tries to scissor. it's like his goal in life is to scissor sweep me at the most you might tip me over a little bit like fuck I'm going to take notes because there's an entire series, we've seen a series I've been working I'm like, I wonder if this one would actually work on Tori. It's, li- and, and it's, it's literally like I'm the litmus test for certain people. They're like, well, if you can do this on Tori, like if you can get Tori to like lose balance on this, you can do this on someone else. I'm like, no, you're just <laughs> pissing me off. Stop trying to, sw- don't get under me. Um, that's a whole, I have a whole, I have a whole weird, um, <laughs> I have a whole weird stance on certain things in jujitsu and how I, things that I do versus things that I don't do and like why I don't do them. I'm very, very odd in the sport. I mean, um, I get mad if people grab, grab my neck. See, I do a lot Only of wrestling. I live, okay. Well, that I doesn't... do. It's just, I got like, I had like chronic neck pain for like three years okay. because, because of somebody deciding to do um, a drill on me without letting me know that they were going 100%. So it gave me like severe whiplash. So I get pissed off if anyone oh. touches my neck now. So like, I usually avoid it and I'll just like, drill through you but yeah yeah no, I, get, I get the i get the little rage things once more. oh yeah yeah i get but i yeah, think there's... i think what we're talking about though with things going to the side is like you're you don't know when it happens but all of a sudden your ego gets put in check and you're like oh this is fine mm-hmm. yeah that's that's something i had to um i really i won't say i struggled with but something i had to actively not do um i think a lot of us we have a certain expectation of ourselves like how we're going to succeed in you know whatever given event or um, venture and when we like fall short of our own expectations it can be kind of a blow and either we do like one of two things we can accept it or we find reasons to explain why this happened that have nothing to do with us like oh the ref robbed me or you know um the mats were so freaking slippy how could i do this so i was realizing that i would do that and um I made a conscious effort to stop. So when I do take like big L's, like um, when I did the American Nationals, I want to say like I lost my, I did gi and no gi. For no gi, I lost my, my um, what's it called? My division, I lost in the finals match on a ref's decision. I was pissed. I was, someone got a good, got a picture of me where I just look pissed. I'm just like looking off to the side, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm so angry. And, but my thing is I give myself like 10 to 15 minutes to just like feel that, that rage. Mm-hmm. And I try to let it go because especially in like a sport, like jujitsu, it's like, like we've mentioned before, we're all working hard. We're all reaching for a goal. We have this, this talk about unity and all that. It's like, so for me to 
take another woman's victory away because she didn't do anything. She didn't whisper in the ref's ear like, hey, give it to me. Right. You know, like she did not know who was going to win either. And for me to be like so enraged in my ego and have such a fluffed up ideal of myself to let this, you know, tarnish someone else. Like I've had it, maybe it's a bigger girl thing too. I've had it done to me so many times where even though I win, there were so many excuses to why I won. It didn't even, it didn't even like feel good to me anymore that like, I'm not going to do this to someone else. So I get over myself. I go like either, I always go, you know, shake their hand. Then like afterwards when we're like all kind of hanging around like waiting to get our medals, I make sure to make it a point to talk to people. I'm like, oh my, that was, no, that was a really good thing. Like I, um, like you beat me, like good job. Like I, I try to be a little bit more conversational because I just don't want them to have those negative feelings. Right. Reversely, it fueled me to go through like open weight and just smash everyone <laughs> on my way to winning. Knowing in my head also, I was like, I'm going to see her tomorrow for Gi and she won't go down the same. Right. And um, ended up winning when I did Gi, but not just like speak shit. Then I later found out that they were actually making the same excuses of why, why they lost to me. I'm like, you beat me once, but I beat you. And it's not because of her, it's not because of my, it's like, okay, I'm gonna leave that one alone. But at least I know I did my part to make sure that another woman's, um, her accomplishment wasn't dimmed by my own ego. Yeah. And that kind of helps me kind of, again, like with the great thing about jujitsu is there's always another tournament. There's always another match. So whether it's, I lost at Worlds or, you know, you lose at a local Naga. It's like, jujitsu, I'm not a competitor to make money. I'm a competitor to, to test myself and to get shiny things. I right. got another shiny thing. It wasn't the shiny thing I wanted, but I still got a shiny thing. So like, is this going to ruin my whole trip to Vegas? Nah, we're going to go drink some mimosas and chill the hell out and, you know, on to the next. So... I think that's a really good perspective to have because what we also have to remember is that there's probably what 1% of the entire small jujitsu community actually goes out and competes for cash Mm -hmm. or they can, I would say probably even less than what 1% of the jujitsu community can make a living off of competing for cash, not owning a school, Mm -hmm. competing and you're a professional athlete for cash. So Mm -hmm. um, it kind of, the, yeah, the, the competition, ego. I mean, I had it. I had it mm-hmm. for like two years where I placed all my self-worth and if I didn't mm-hmm. win, then it must mean this. Yeah. Um, so no, I get that. But just remember like we, this is a, this is a great art and a great skill to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but 99% plus of us are doing it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a hobby. Yep. And that's another, that was another really great tool for me to like, not be like a belt detective and be like, oh, well, she got her belt before me why how could she get it before me and I did this because of this or like someone else advancing or doing better at certain tournaments or like because of my work and my other obligations I can't be like a hyper competitor and I and I don't want that life like I know I don't compete a lot I can't then get upset when someone I know goes to a bigger tournament and wins (laughs) when I'm like fuck, I like mop them at our local tournament but they're winning this tournament like why did I was like but that's not your path Right. You decided right. not to be a hyper competitor. So you then don't get to, to be upset with this person for following mm-hmm. their goal yeah. and, you know, being the competitor. If anything, you are a part of their journey that helped them achieve their goal. Just like they're a part of my journey to help me achieve my goal. So I've had, and I, and I still struggle, I, especially like during COVID we had pans and we had worlds 
literally 30 minutes from my Your house backyard. Yeah. and I didn't do either one of them. I couldn't do either of, of yeah. them. And I had to almost every day tell myself, like, you said you weren't competing in 2020. You're sticking to not competing in 2020. Mm-hmm. Health-wise, financially-wise, we're not doing it. When I tell you how many times I log- had all of my information on the computer and just card information in, I just had to click send. I was like, no, we said we weren't doing this. We're not doing it. Right. So like watching people get these medals, I was like, fuck, I could have been there. This could have been me. Right. I'm like, that's not my path right now. And I have to except that I chose, this wasn't a rash decision. I chose this for a reason. I have to stay yep. true to that. Yep. Same, same thing with this year. And that's a, that's something that I had to, so like I would, I, you know, I was practicing five days a week mm-hmm. at least when my business was smaller. Like I purposely downsized my business from 2016 to 2018. Cause I was like, oh, you know, I don't want a lot of people, you know, I didn't have the martial art part that we've only had mm-hmm. the martial art part of our gym since 2019. Like oh, that's, okay. that's, that's pretty new. Good. Yeah, it's super new and we were growing. We were growing huge and then COVID um, hit and mm-hmm. now we're, we are, we're staying steady, but we haven't been able to grow the martial arts side at all. But something I had to do is I had to switch my mindset from coach for, from athlete first and then coach to mm-hmm. coach first and then athlete. Um, so it switches your priorities a little bit and it meant, yeah, I can't go compete every month like I was doing or every other month, like I was doing, I can't afford it anymore either. But, um, but yeah, it just puts things into perspective, but then there's so much more joy I've gotten out of jujitsu since I've stopped focusing so much on myself and I've watched other people grow. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. We've completely deviated, but that's totally cool. It's we, probably we gonna being what a, yeah. Well, like this is what happens either the, either the, um, like either, I actually get within the time limit I want or it becomes a two-part <laughs> two part podcast to keep it within my time I limit. laughed so hard when you were like, it'll be 30 minutes. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've been like, I've been, oh God, I've been trying so hard, but I think I've had of the, I think I've done like 20 of these now. Of the 20 that I've done, I think maybe two have been like in the 35 minute range. Okay. Almost every other one has been 40 to 50 minutes. So yeah. Yeah. For now on, we are keeping these at around the 35 minute. If anything goes over this and I feel like we need to get it out there. Like a lot of the conversation that we just had, had nothing to do with the questions I want to ask you, but it's a really good important conversation <laughs> that'll come out in a bonus episode. Cool. Um, I like that. Well, yeah. yeah. So we're not going to, we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to condense it, but we're going to have a bonus episode of all the other stuff we're talking about. <laughs> um, okay. So another thing that I think we bonded over is like, we're both in that, you know, LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus, you know add as you will community and your gym worked very hard from the beginning to make sure that was a welcoming space for everyone. Like you have multiple of the flags hanging mm-hmm. in your gym too, which I saw that I was like, so pretty. They are pretty. Um, yes. So was that something that because you were in the community, you wanted to make sure your space had something for you and your other people? Was that something like you actively knew you wanted to make a part from the beginning or was it something like over time you're like you know what I could like why not make it make sure people like there's being inclusive and then there's being like visibly inclusive yeah. so yeah. like was it a was it a, an active decision to like I'm absolutely going to do this or was it like over time you're like okay yeah let's let's just do this I mean if we're talking about the flags specifically that was an active decision um when it comes to my coaching staff that was an active this uh, decision. I, you know, being part of the LGBTQIA community and, you know, so if people knew me before Chris, 
you know, they, you know, they know I've, you know, and Chris I, is Chris is my, uh, Chris is my, uh, my partner, my husband. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the H words are hard for me to say. For those okay, who I got don't you. know, I have a stutter, and it sucks sometimes. But mm-hmm. I'm getting around it. I'm getting yeah, around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought you were so, just choking back the word husband, like, oh God, he's my Oh husband. no, I don't care that he's, no, no. Because <laughs> I have, I, I mean, I have straight friends who are like, yeah, that's my husband. <laughs> so like, I've heard that type of trouble. I mean, that's what I thought you were saying. When I find peanut butter and jelly on the ceiling, then yeah, I'm like, that's my husband. And then, but <laughs> Chris is a phenomenal guy. Chris mm-hmm. is, Chris is a phenomenal guy. And for those, uh, so if we're going to talk about the LGBTQIA stuff, like, like as as you grow, you kind of I, you go through different ways that you identify, and some people don't like to identify as all at all. Mm-hmm. But like if I put myself under something, it would be pan. Mm-hmm. And it was like my I've had past partners, you know, men, women, trans, didn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. If they had, if I was attracted to them and they had a good heart, like that's yeah. that's who I want to be around. Um, so uh, for those of like for those people who knew me before Chris. You know, everyone knew I was part of the LGBT community, you know, because mm-hmm. I was dating my partner at the time, mm-hmm. but before Chris. Um, but, you know, most people who met me after Chris, you know, they didn't, they didn't know. And mm-hmm. because, you know, Chris is a cis, uh, white, hetero guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so and as a um, cis, white woman myself, like there's a lot of pa- passes that I get in this yeah. world. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't just look at me and be like, oh, clearly she's queer, obviously. <laughs> if you she's family, at, we know. If you looked at baby queer, Jess, you'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> what were you doing at the age of 18? To Listen, I feel that everyone gets a pass from like 18 to 23. Because like, if you look at me, there's a lot of beanies, a lot of V-necks and Oh, but there was an eyebrow ring in there. Like, oh, oh yeah, 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 holes everywhere. <laughs> like, I was like, just pierce me up. Draped in a ra- like draped yeah. in a rainbow flag. Just like, in case you don't know, <laughs> like Here my I shirt. Am, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to make sure we knew. And then yeah. now it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just you know a, a cis white femme presenting person. So, and I'm married to Chris. So clearly, I've been this way like my entire time. So. The LGBT, like that part, it's just, when I started seeing Chris, I actually got a lot of pushback from mm-hmm. people in the LGBT Within. community. They are the mean, very like, mean, like, oh, you betrayed us. You did this, yeah. you did that. I'm just like- Unfortunately, not uncommon. Yeah, I was just like, but my loyalty isn't to you. Like, yeah. I'm not sure what you want me to say, but the people who are the most, most welcoming were my trans friends. Yeah, well, cause like everyone shits on them. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, that's awesome. Love who you love. This is awesome. It's like, yeah, it is awesome, isn't like, it? Thank so, you. Thank <laughs> you. You know. Um, but when it came to the space itself, I do have to give a lot of credit to one of our coaches, uh, Coach Brad. They're our kids coach. Mm-hmm. Um, they first had me start practicing the pronouns they, them. And this is before I had the space. So mm-hmm. it just became part of my vocabulary before this bigger space opened up. Mm-hmm. And um, then it was a no, like some things are just a no brainer. Like yeah. having the flags up is like, yeah, why wouldn't I have the mm-hmm. flags up? Mm-hmm. Where we purposely put the flags up was to represent, we tell people, and it's true, 
each of the flags that are in our space, they represent at least one member in our gym. Okay. And of course, obviously you don't tell anyone who it is because yeah, yeah, one, yeah. that's rude. Two, yeah. that's mega rude. And three, that's illegal on the stance of yeah. my end of a, a business owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just like when you see that and like on the tours, I said, I'm like, yeah, and then we, you know, we have our flags and they do represent at least one person in our space. Um, it, it puts people in check mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not going to say every other gym and I'm, you know, I, oh, this is always so tough because I've been in some amazing gyms, but no matter where you go, you're going to find some misogynistic mm-hmm. and phobic stuff. Yeah. I just don't hear that here. And it's so... Mm-hmm. It's so nice that it doesn't occur in this space, in this gym, that I forget that it occurs in mm-hmm. other gyms sometimes. So when I go somewhere, even at camps, even when I go, go to camps and I don't, a lot of times I don't think it's intentional, but to remain with all this information, with everything that's happening in the world, to remain purposely blind to it, mm-hmm. I do hold you somewhat accountable. You should. You know, I, yeah, it's like, I'm going to hold you accountable because- and this is, it's like, especially like for, for bigger things, like, and this is like, this is not, as a disclaimer, I'm not trash talking anything. It's just, these are things that I see. And these are things that like, for example, any w- woman's camp that I go to, I know as a cis w- woman, I was born uh, 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 AFAB, so assigned female at birth. And I identify with that. That mm-hmm. makes me cis. Um, <clears throat> Obviously, yes, this is, this is an event for me. Mm-hmm. I, I can go here. If I were trans, would I feel that way? Yeah. You know, even though, of course, it's open for everybody. Do, your, do the people that sign up to go to these events, do they reflect that? Mm-hmm. Is it in their language as well? Are they inviting? Because, I mean, if you invite me to a camp with that's all w- women, but it's primarily for, you know, like we'll say light, lightweights, you know, it's specifically for featherweight people as a larger bodied person. If I walk in there and I'm the only larger bodied person, Mm -hmm. yes, I know it's a woman's event, but am I going to feel a hundred percent comfortable? Yeah. Are there going to be, and I'm not, okay. So now I'm not trying to compare the two, but I'm just saying, if you don't know that you're, I don't even know how to say it anymore. Yes, I do if you are truly like invested in getting more people to these events that fall under this category, it has to be in your late language. And that's Mm -hmm. something big that we do here at the gym. It's in our everyday like language. Um, Phobic jokes are shut down if Mm -hmm. they even get to enter the space. Yeah. Um, Misogynistic stuff is shut down because it's not funny and i'm not saying like i'm a prude with stuff like i'm mm-hmm. not just like no 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 we don't say that like yeah but like the very clear things that are part of the misogynistic or rape culture yeah those things are shut down mm-hmm. fast and i don't care if you were just telling a joke your intent versus the impact it made did not line up so yeah. we, we have to have a talk about that yeah so, yeah well that's good because also i'm glad that it, you, you you pointed out it was the children's coach that mentioned it because I think a lot of times what we forget about or a lot of most of the gyms like they like thrive with a rich children's program Mm -hmm. because like there's the one who really buy into it they grow up in it they can get their friends to come in and you know adults are have a heavy program too so when you instill that type of culture and you instill that type of um that understanding at a very young age we've seen this time and time again kids do not care 
they are gosh. taught a certain thing. So for them, if they're introduced to this type of behavior, like, oh yeah, well, that's, that's the pride flag. You know, this is represents trans people. This one over here represents asexual and, and, or like, you know, you go through it just and say it as simple as like, this is the American flag and that's the Brazilian flag. They, they're like, oh, okay. And accept it. But when you go into a space like, oh God, that flag there, that means gays are afoot. You know, (laughs) kids can like, they pick up your tone, but you know, like like we've, we've, we've had, you know, there's been instances where they had the flag and they're like, like I have, um, I, I've had rainbow um, um, boxing wraps before, like hand wraps. So like, that's like something that I, I'll have. Um, but I feel like when you introduce it into a space very casually and you don't have to make a, a giant declaration about it, people understand that it is not something that particularly needs a large declaration about it. No, it, it is yeah. one aspect of a person. While it, 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 does beca- it does take up a large chunk of it, it does not have to take up the large part of like what they are doing in their space in the world, if that makes sense. So I like that idea. Men, like you said, it, it, um, it forces other people to be like, why would you be offended? Like, what are your, what are your preconceptions about someone who is, um, gay, trans, non-binary? What is your preconception of what they're going to do to you that it instantly makes you uncomfortable? Right. I could very yeah. easily say like walk into a room full of white men makes me based on history as a black woman, I shouldn't be here. No, some bad shit's about to go down. Like yeah. I should be cautious of all of you, but mm-hmm. I have to realize that like, that is not every person. You can't put that on everyone. And right. let's, let's see how the situation unfolds. So I, I really like that you do that, even though it's like you said, it's very, it was, it, 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 it still gets into my mind that some things that are very like no brainer, for one person can be like someone writing out a pro and cons list of will we do this versus won't we do this to someone else you know like it could be a very big contentious thing i think if we do introduce more inclusive language more inclusive practices early on people who then come and join your group they tend to take over that um, understanding as well and realize it's really not that big of a deal and then plus again like you said it humanizes people um, does yeah most people probably haven't been around someone who's trans, but they have all these preconceived ideas of what trans is, what that, what these people do. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a little note. If you have Netflix, just go watch Disclosure. It's not the, it's not the end all be all, but it's a great introduction to people. If you want to know what the media has done to the the trans community. That's what I was thinking of. That's, that's the show I was thinking when we were talking earlier. Disclosure. Yeah. Disclosure. We got that out of the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Watch it. If you haven't seen it, shock your mind. And if you don't know, uh, something that you brought up, um, and it's something that struck a chord with me. So I don't know if anyone's read Trevor Noah's book, um, Born a Crime. Mm-hmm. He he makes a very very good point. He knows several different like languages. He can communicate with several different uh, types of people all at once. And what you said about language, like that is the biggest thing, and that's how the most barriers get um, get breached. Is mm-hmm. just if it's part of your like language, if it's part of your everyday language, then it, it does become a positive part of your, well, hopefully a po- positive part of your gym culture. Mm-hmm. So if you are somebody who's looking to, you know, introduce something like this to your gym, um, call out the language that could be harmful and start using language that um, could lift even one person up. Mm-hmm. Just start with one. Just start with one. Make yeah. one person feel good in your space. Yeah. 
And like, there's that whole idea that if you, you stand up for someone else, you are somehow bashing another person, which you could, does not exist. You can support multiple people yeah. and it not be an agenda. Yeah. It does not have to be a crusade. It's if we're going back to the idea, and I think this is what really strikes a chord with me is um, people like to say that like, oh, well, it's like the whole all lives matter, all people type of thing. It's like, okay, I agree with you, but have we created a system or do we exist in a system that everyone is treated on an even playing field or are we saying everyone should be on an even playing field and more people are closer to that equality than others? If so, we don't need to cater to those who are on that line of equality. We should cater to the other people to bring them up to that line of the base level of skills. Therefore, it is not, uh, um, that's when we get true, you know, true equality, not, you know, not conflated. So we're not, we're not focusing on them to give them extra shit. We're trying to just bring them to a baseline of, you know, of whatever we perceive as normality is. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So there was another reason I wanted to talk to you. Um, I don't know. Me and you have this project we've been working on. This little thing, something about like inclusion and having hard conversations within gym within spaces. spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? What's, what's that about? <laughs> so yeah, you and I, you know, we just started talking at the role model camp. And I think what really kicked it off where I was just like, I need, I need to do this with Tori. And I don't know what it's, it, it didn't have a name yet. It was just, I need to do this with Tori because this is not, this is not something that I should do alone. It's a definitely a community effort. And so um, AJ from the role model graphic AJ. camp, she, she asked us um, if we would, if we would talk next year about I think we still have to give her a topic. Yeah, we need, um, to, yeah, we need to give her a title. <laughs> We're so working we on the AJ, I promise. We got it. We're working on it. We got the logo. Yeah, boom. That's all yeah. the work. Yeah. Um, so it was just, you know, I created this space. And yes, like some of it just happened naturally. And mm -hmm. some of it, you know, was was through work. And honestly, there are issues I don't, I don't get to talk about. You know, mm -hmm. it kind of has to do with our uh, skin tone and what's yep, going on. Yep, yep. Experiences that I'm just not going to have. Um, therefore, it was just like, well, who else is part of the LGBTQ community and who can I trust you? Tori. So, and it helps, you know, that Tori, if, I mean, I'm sure you guys know, very active in the community. You can yeah. call her. Oh, oh yeah. If you didn't know, super gay, <laughs> super gay over here. Queer as fuck. Are we allowed you, to swear? You can't, if you can't see. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay. Oh yeah, we swear. If you can't see, but my little rainbow already. Oh, I love it. Shirt. It's What's my it be a nice have human a nice... shirt. Why oh, I said have a nice hump, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, you know, to each their own. But no, I just, I just wanted you to be nice first, and be like, yeah, be a nice human and have a nice hump. There's have the... a nice hump. <laughs> that's that's our tagline at the that... Create Spacing. <laughs> Actually, it was make sure this barbell doesn't look like a dildo. There that you go. Amazing. There you go. That was that was the main point. <laughs> It doesn't. Most people think it looks like a hose. I'm like, that's fine. It's a hose. Fine. I don't care. Um, but <laughs> anyways, okay. So we, yeah. So we decided to call it uh, Create Space because we realized for change to happen, you have to give people a ch chance to change. And mm -hmm. to do that, you have to create the space for it, which means you have to create a space for us to have these hard talks. So whether it be in our mastermind groups that we've, we've actually kicked off last week, um, whether it be in, you know, a podcast where we're going to kind of have a chit chat about this and what's mm -hmm. different about it. 
So there's a lot of talk about this overall. You know, ever since uh, ever since March and the tr uh, and the tragic death of uh, George Floyd, it was it like it's all of a sudden. I don't mean to use this phrase, but like in in white people world, everybody got woke. Yeah. You know? <laughs> They're like, oh my god, injustice toward black people in 20. Right. This is outrageous. And, and then and then a lot of activism started to happen all at mm -hmm. once a lot of people flooding what do we do and it was mm -hmm. an opportunity for people to i'm going to emphasize purchase the work of black men and women mm -hmm. or black folk who have been teaching this for years yep okay and don't just ask them to do the work like just yep. you know, pay them for their work mm -hmm. of hey here's how you can be a better human Yep. Here's, here's how you can do it. So what's different a little bit about us, and there's so many, and I'm sure like we can put some in show notes and whatnot, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many, but um, the biggest thing that we notice is like, this is severely lacking mm -hmm. in our jujitsu and our barbell yep. community. So that's who we're focusing on. We're focusing on gym owners, coaches, and students in these communities specifically. And we're hoping to reach you know, a big group of people. And I, I think our first, our first uh, mastermind, even though it did go long, like I, we had some good feedback of just like, I didn't know I was a part of this. I didn't know I was doing this. I didn't know this. And I, you know, there was some, there was a lot of reflection happening, mm -hmm. some, some guilt, but at this, you know, but they, they, excuse the term, they, they woke up to a few things going on in their own gyms that they're just like, I don't like that. And I didn't realize mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. not that you don't realize that you can speak up against it. It is hard to speak yeah. up against it, especially if you don't know the right language, especially mm -hmm. if you don't, if, you know, you have people who are just going to spit fire their yeah. op opinions that they frame as facts mm -hmm. at you. So then if you're, if you're caught unprepared, then you, then you feel stupid and you feel embarrassed and like, maybe you shouldn't have said anything at all. It's like, no, we're hoping to provide some tools to help have these hard talks, to recognize these difficult things going on inside your gym and just how to, how to create a better space. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, um, and just so everyone knows, like we're not, <laughs> Create Space is not a place where we're here to scold you and I'm told about all the terrible things you're doing wrong yeah. and how you can fix it. No, like she mentioned, we're trying to, we're creating space. We're, we're creating a, um, a platform, a, uh, a venue for people who want to change, who are aware that there's something that they can improve upon. Because at the end of the day, whether we're doing jujitsu, whether we're doing barbell, whether we're students, whether we're advancing our career, no one wants to stay stagnant. They want to move forward. They want to progress. So this is an area that, there's a lot of topics that within jujitsu we don't touch on either through our own ignorance or through like passivity we don't think about mm -hmm. or we assume it doesn't touch our niche community even though it does so even something as simple like when the whole um we had these black lives matter protests really you know coming to the forefront even though they've been around for years but when they really started coming to the forefront I saw very, very, very quickly how the jujitsu community responded to it. And for the so most point, I was very disappointed, mm -hmm. very disappointed in mm -hmm. a lot of the responses and disappointed for people who I've known for years. And it led, it led almost to an emboldening of, you know, harsher rhetoric to pass. And um, it gave a, a moment for me to re reflect and realize that, you know, jujitsu in America is primarily white men. 
So why did I assume that in a country that's ran by white men, jujitsu is somehow an escapism from the, um, from the, you know, the societal actions or behavior that exists in every other field? Why would I think that jujitsu is somehow exempt from it? It's not. They're carrying that same kind of thought process in there. And then me being a black queer person, I'm bringing my same perspective in there as well. But as terrible as it was, there was also a pretty loud contingent, much smaller, that were actively like, oh, wow, this is really fucked. What are we going to do about it? Those are the people who we really want to reach out to, because if we impact those people, if we can help those people learn more, and, and also they're going to educate us about things that we might yeah. not, you know, being quote unquote, well, we don't think about as much anymore. <laughs> it gives them the tools to then go out and talk to their people to, to, to explain to them why they took that step to expand their knowledge. So what we're trying to do is, you know, we, we have that saying jujitsu is for everyone, but we want to work towards that um, asking, is it really for everyone? Is it as open as we think it is? If it's not, why and how can we fix it? Because we can't fix it until we understand the reasonings behind it. Again, that's in jujitsu and that's in barbell, but it can be it can be used in multiple other situations. So like I said, we're 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 stoked about this project. We got like what the yeah. next year planned out. We have the entire year planned out yeah. for let, let me say yes planned a lot of it because I am not that organized. I'm just like, yeah, that would work. <laughs> I need a script. I need to know where I'm going. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, so we, the, the official group, official masterminds are going to start in April. Yes. But we'll have lead-in podcasts to let you guys know about um, the topics that we're going to cover. Um, like I said, we just did our first beta session and the first podcast so that'll be coming out shortly. And that so was on Jim Colts versus Jim Culture. Yeah, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And um, it's going to be broken up into, into four to five weeks. So for yeah. anyone who's like interested in the mastermind, like there is going to be talk on b- business. So there's stuff for the, for the entrepreneur, for the gym owner, or for the coach who's trying to build something. Because I mean, what I didn't say is like, yes, I own Fit Power, but we're in our 10 year anniversary yep. and I, I did it. I've done it with no, with no loans, like with no mm-hmm. bank loans. I do it with Ooh. no overhead. Yeah. There's, it's just, you there is a way to do business that you and the community can have um, good relations. Um, another one is on race and mm-hmm. Tori is going to be the primary host of that one. One is called your ism is showing. So we're talking about, um, you know, different issues that come up and these are going to be like little short, you know, hour long things. Our fourth one is on intersectionality. So how these all come mm-hmm. together and then our fifth week is just a bonus Q&A. Uh, yeah. It's just, what do you want to ask us about? What do you want to talk about today? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's what we're going to go over. So yeah, Mastermind, our first one begins in April. Yeah, and we're still like ironing out a couple of the, um, a couple of the details, but we will have information about all that coming up very soon. And we will make sure to blast that on multiple channels so you guys can know how to join Create Space, um, what, it, what it all entails. And again, like, how you can learn, how you can help us learn, how we can help our community grow into a better, more inclusive, more affirming area for all. So yeah, we only ran like an hour and 45 minutes past when I said we're going to go. So like, no, we're 
killed it. Um, You're like, it'll but, be a half hour. It's like, Chris, I'll be home by three. Don't okay, worry. Okay, it still is going to be a half hour. It's just going to be like a half hour <laughs> plus like an hour bonus episode. It's totally fine. All right, um, let everyone know how they can reach you and um, if they're interested in that virtual Oh, yeah, the virtual program. Yeah, if you're interested in the virtual training, um, email me at jessica at fitpowermke, so F-I-T-P-O-W-E-R-M-K-E.com. You can reach my personal Instagram account at bossasaurus, so B-O-S-S underscore A underscore S-A-U-R-U-S. And otherwise, um, our Fit Power page on Facebook and on Instagram is at fitpowermke. Pretty simple Uh there. Yeah. Dope. And it's probably like somewhere here in the description if you're viewing it. I forgot. Like I put I always put the Instagram codes right on there. here. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's all that boom. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. So thank you so very much. This was a blast. I literally will be talking to you next week anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll see you again in like four days. <laughs> all right. Bye. See you later.